What up, y'all? This is Amani, and you are now listening to The Ville Radio Show on Pure Radio. We live, baby. <laughs> Yo, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? This is The Ville Radio Show. This is Jay Giuliulli's 103.7 FM, 1320 AM, Pure Radio. The Ville Radio Show is in the building. We are live in full effect, and we are sponsored by The Ville Church. The Ville you got my peoples in the building with me, you know what I'm saying? Yo, hey, fellas, let me know what's cracking. Yeah, we already know. Y'all already know how I do it, but I'm going to keep it at a little thing thing, you know what I'm saying? And not going to the bank thing. So I'm going to just say what's happening, you know what I mean? And we're going to move to the next. Go ahead. You know what I'm All right, I'm going to keep it more in the boom boom. And, uh, <laughs> well, guys, I was gone last week. Y'all remember that? I survived the most magical concrete jungle in the you world. Here? You weren't here? Yeah, I wasn't here. I don't know if y'all... No, he wasn't. Y'all didn't even notice? Yeah, I missed you, Greg. <laughs> he went to the... When I tell you, he went to the... Man, this place here, yo, this is... Yeah, this is real deal. Like, you don't you don't go outside in the daytime. Nah. It's really nah. suffering and stuff. Like, yeah, like, we lost a lot of weight. And it's... Oof. Sorry, I had to go through that, brother. For real, seriously. Yeah, it was like purgatory. Yeah. With, what is it? Where was with it? With mouse ears. Yeah. Mouse. I mean, it was Walt Disney so, World. Walt oh, Disney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Disney. <laughs> yeah, but it was hot. Yeah, it is. Bro, it was. It was hot. My daughter's a scaredy cat. Yeah. So I found that out. So any ride we go on, when the line got dark, meaning in the shade. Yeah. She'd be like outside. No. Too scared. So I'd have it. to hold her in the heat. It was crazy, bro. Whoa, man. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm glad to be back. We're glad we're glad to have you back, shirt dog. Lots happened. So listen, you already jump into this too. Let's get into it, man. So what we go. so we got to get into Charlottesville. Got to. We have to get into it. It's uh, it's a, it's a mess right now. It's so a mess. listen, for the people who don't know, shirt, can you just kind of hit a little bit what's been going on with Charlottesville for what you know? Yeah, for what I know. So, um. There basically was a statue that was getting removed from a public area, a Robert E. Lee statue, the same person that one of our high schools is named after. Um, So it's getting removed, and people in the neo-Nazi, white nationalist, whatever community want to protest this because uh, they think it's unfair. So they rally the troops from all across the country, and they show up for a, I think it's a Unite to Rally, something like that. Um, and they, it's a Saturday event. Friday they come in and the first thing they do is they get these tiki torches. They light them up at night. They walk through a college campus to this, um, you know, site. Surround it, they're yelling blood and soil, which is a phrase that the Germans used during uh, the Nazi reign. And they're using all these terminologies, you know. Um, and there's a few clashes, but mainly it gets dispersed by police after a while, probably too long. And people who are out there, not neo-Nazis, are like, hey, tomorrow's going to be crazy. If this is tonight, we need, like, y'all better show up tomorrow. So, of course, the next day happens, and... Um, there's much more like protesters out and they're ready because when these neo-Nazis came in, they're in full like militia gear. So they're in like uh, bulletproof vests, um, carrying like machine gun, not machine guns, but like AKs, whatever. They have the license to carry these, whatever. Um, but it looks like they are ready for war. And as we all know, clashes started happening and it, accumulated into this point where a guy ran over like 20 people killing one girl. I think there's still three others in critical condition. And uh, one of the neo-Nazis guys and then leaves. And so then the Virginia declares a state of emergency. The rally never happens. And the chaos from that ensues. And we're still talking about it. You know, it's Saturday when this is, when y'all are hearing it on the radio. But we're still talking about it. So... That's the setup. Thoughts. So, this is some craziness. It's crazy. You know, um, Phil, you put made a post about this the other day. 
um, that, you know, maybe some people didn't like. Yeah. But, but I actually was thinking the exact same thing when I saw the pictures. Um, you mind jumping into that a little bit? Nah, yeah. So I, I made a post um, uh, when I saw a series of pictures uh, that were that took place during the rally. Um, there was the picture with the car slamming into the group of people. Uh, and guys, you see bodies. Somebody called it. So you see bodies up in the air. It's you know, in, in a still shot. Um, and then you see um, um, the one picture where with the tiki torches um, and the guy yelling, look like he's yelling something out. He looks no no older than uh, 23, 24 years old maybe. Might be even younger than that. Um, and then you have the other one where it's just somebody took it from a shot to where you see a bunch of them uh, just down there with the torches. So, um, you know, I was looking at the picture and my homeboy, he made a good comment. I made a good, um, he, uh, he, he said something about it that, that opened my eyes and he said, uh, man, it's, it's a total, total difference. Um, it's a total difference from 1940s and 50s versus what you see today. So he showed a picture of what was going on in the 40s and 50s and then he showed you 2017. Mm -hmm. So once I saw that picture, I said, you know what? When I look, I look closer to these group of guys um, and looked at to all these white males. And what I did notice about them, they were all white males. Mm -hmm. um, and um, what I saw, what I did was I went through my day in Jacksonville and I go into a store, I go into a library or I go into the hospital, whatever it may happen. I saw those, I saw people that looked like them. So I made a post that said, these are not, you know, and f forgive me for being uh, over the top with it, but I said, you know, over, uh, over bearded, backwood, redneck looking, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, pickup truck. And that's just, you know, that's so uh, stereotypical. stereotypical. Yeah. So, you know, forgive me for that. I was just trying to make a point. Right. But, um, and I said, you don't see no more white sheets. You don't see any white sheets out there. You see waiters. You see lawyers. You see doctors. You see police officers, law enforcement. You see pastors. Mm -hmm. You see um, uh, retail cashiers. You see people. Everyday people. Everyday people that are living in the norm. So I'm trying to see if I can find my what I actually said. The, um, you 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 feel does it. yeah no, you, I I thought the exact same thing like I actually hang out with people that look like all of these guys yeah and that's what I said I said these are people that are leading and I said educators I said they are leading and guiding our children yeah it, I I think it's I think it's a point I think it's a point because it deals with. Um, you know, one of the things that I think bothers me often is like to hear people say, I don't see color. Or, you know, people say racism doesn't exist. And, you know, and then their defense of themselves is usually like, I actually, I don't see color or anything else. And I'm like, well, I actually need you to see color because there's a whole lot of people out here that actually do. Absolutely. And you're actually leaving me to fend for myself. You're not standing with me as a brother or, um, or just another human at all when you actually say that because my skin actually is black and it actually does mean something in this country and it actually means that I suffer greatly because of the historical narrative and as from what we can see the present narrative and it looks like people at Starbucks that yep. work the counter teachers Absolutely. we encounter like I can go I can call a bunch of parents I know that are African American and they can just run through what they feel they deal with with even just the school system Mm -hmm. and have nobody to tell. Because if you go say, we feel like we're being treated different, you get treated like you're, um, oh, you just want to cause problems, 
or you on your extra pro black crap or whatever that case is, right. or you, 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 you get made to feel like you're hallucinating because these are good people. They don't see color. Well, yes, you do. And, it, and, and it's in all our statistics on every organization we can think about from church to politics, education, and you can just keep going down. It says we see color, especially when you got, you know what I'm saying, fantasy football and them holding up my man's face or whatever. What's my man? Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham with a, having an auction for him with a whole crowd of white people. I'm like, y'all ain't got no sense how crazy that actually is who, in this day and age. I don't know who approved. Like, I don't. I, that guy needs to be. I, I don't say. He, I don't think. I don't want to say he should lose his job. But geez, man, come on, come on, brother. Like <laughs> you slipped on that one. But you know. But back. But but back to it, man. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Like. Well, when people say, in my view, when people say they don't see color, I think what they're really saying is this isn't my battle. Yeah. And so they're just stepping out. Yeah. And they're like, I, maybe something's going on here. Me personally, I don't see color. Yeah. So I'm going to let y'all handle this. Yeah. But the problem is if there's an oppressor and people being oppressed and you are just wiping your hands like, well, y'all figure it out, it's anti-gospel. It is. So anti-gospel is almost as it's, it's, it's almost more poisonous than what the oppressor is doing. It's almost it, it, the, like I saw a sign that says uh, si- uh, white silence is white consent. Mm. And, you know, most people wouldn't agree with that. But sometimes that's how it feels. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You, you, let, let, me, let me hit this. You just hit it. Martin Luther King said this. In the uh, letter from Birmingham, um, he says, I'm, I must make two honest confessions to you, my, my Christian and Jewish brothers. First, I must confess that over the past few years, I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klan, Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, what you just said, shirt, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who per- paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. And this this statement right here is the killer for me. He says, shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. So you know what it makes me ask? It makes me ask like, these neo-Nazis we're looking at, the alt-right. Yeah, this is a really crazy act that we've witnessed, but it's not a common occurrence we actually see all the time. The actual grave and grievous pain that minorities endure happen at the hands of judges, happen at the hands of people in power all the time on a daily, continual basis. It happens at the checking counter. It happens to us inside of when we go to work out and we feel like people look at us a certain way or whatever, just little small things like that. Which well, we we're made. going to a organic food store. We're going to buy good food for us to put in our bodies. Mm-hmm. It looks like... Oh, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What do you know about this? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you can keep me up getting filled with... Uh, a food desert, corner yeah. store, yeah. sweets. And, yeah. Yeah. and people are like, what the health? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the health? <laughs> but yeah, so there's, the, the travesty is happening all the time. Like yeah. it's happening all the time. Yeah, this is a crazy act. I'm not definitely not trying to move away from that. But, like, to come out of that gray area we're talking about means to actually come into 
this battle that is actually happening all the time, which actually gives way to something like this. Um, Because the thing, that gray area where people think like they're good, people like these neo-Nazi people, they get it very well. Like even in the way that they interpret um, Trump's statement after the attack Mm -hmm. as a victory. Like they know what playing the game is. If we want to be real, I think in his in his statement he said uh, he said something about his first statement had something to do with uh, he said you know what do you say something about both sides? He said it's like a horrible act of violence, you know, and it's you know really bad, bad, bad. Yeah, but on both sides, on both sides. Well, I, I'll say this: I never seen a man that tweets so much a day in his life to pick a good weekend and not to tweet a lot. Uh, he said about two. Two tweets, the only day it happened. So sad, so sad. It's, it, it, the cat got his tongue or something. Yeah, that's all he said. He said, "Can't believe what's going on in Charlottesville." So sad. Well, you're the president, homie. You lead, and definitely don't lead by starting off with both sides. Like this is not the time to play that game. Mm-hmm. I know that there's racism on both sides, but when you get somebody who's wearing Nazi swastikas all over them, driving to a crowd of people. That is not the time to start talking about both sides. From is Ohio, it? he took a trip. So we 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 got to put this in per, in perspective. Well, what perspective attack. is this? We did World War II, where we literally fought a nation full of Nazi people. Yeah, they never marched on American soil. Yeah. So we we the the mission has advanced to a new level. So the ideology of what they want is like it's here. Yeah. And what's crazier to me is people used to hide their face like the KKK yeah. Yeah. when they marched. Yeah. yeah. Now they don't care. And what's crazier is, I mean, we have social media. Their faces are everywhere. And I've seen it. People like crop their face, be like, who is this? Who's your employer? Do you know this person? Tell their employer they're a neo-Nazi. Yep. Like they're going to pinpoint who these people are. Like the one guy that's face that's been all over the country. Like the one he's like, like, like somebody literally call his face. Like the camera's here, he's here. Like, I'm like thinking about this guy. Like, you just lost your livelihood, probably. Maybe. Probably. Probably. And see, that's very see that that speaks scary. volume. That's yeah. scary. That speaks volumes that I don't even know that this man has lost his job. Yeah. A behind. This situation. So can I say something that might be controversial? Go ahead. You know um, what I do. Yeah, like, like as if you never do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there is a slight difference because, like, having in, an, in the KKK, right, mm-hmm. they were known and proclaimed that they will bomb churches, mm-hmm. that they will, you know, hang people, like, that they committed... Mm-hmm. Like atrocities. Yeah. Now, the difference I see now is that this is someone's ideology without them actually saying, I'm going to do this. Now, the ideology will definitely push to that extreme. Yeah. But they haven't technically, like this guy, can you lose your job for your views? You, 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 have, a, you have a valid question. You have a valid question. It's the truth. And, but this is, what I'm, this, is, this is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to go at with that. Okay. Hit him with the boom. <laughs> the boom. This is nothing Bow. more Bow. than a prime example of the level of extreme this generation goes to versus what his father may have done. So, like, his father or his grandfather would have wore a sheet over their head, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to. And then we're talking about his livelihood not being at jeopardy because of his stance. But along with the actions that he was willing to take, he's out speaking about blood, pretty much hate and Mm -hmm. killing. Okay. And what he'll do. Um, And I'm, man, like... This is going to be, like, really crazy when I say this. And I just feel like I'm just going to set myself up Minga, don't tap for, for, it, for, for inboxes. But um, this is what I feel like is this guy is no more 
than the guy, than, like, this, he shows that his grandfather and his father held some type of authority or held some type of power that, that he can even step out right now and do this at the extreme. He's doing this. He wasn't, he, he has been taught that you deserve and you have the right to be who you are. Mm -hmm. The difference between his father and him is that, or his grandfather and him, is that they were willing to put on, they were willing to be conservative about it because of what stance they may have had in society, i.e. police officer, judge, mm -hmm. doctor, lawyer. All I'm saying is, is that the, it, the, the narrative doesn't change. These are still prominent people that control legislation. Did I say that right? Legislation? Yes. Yeah. Laws. Like, these are people that uphold the, 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 the problems and the oppression that we have. He no. just took his mask off. That's when, all. When yeah. you're saying that, how do you know that the neo-Nazi, like formative, I am a part of the neo-Nazi party, mm -hmm. uh, makes legislation? Well, I don't think they do. I think these are. I think a lot of these young men. Mm -hmm. And I, I well, I'll take that back. I don't know. Hold on. Can, can go I, ahead. Can go I, ahead. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, I'll say it's safe to say that we do know. Maybe not a neo-Nazi specifically, but people who share common uh, ideology, I would say, because historically, that always has been the case. For, like, you know, we talk about KKK and everybody else, like these are some type of, you know, long-ranger people groups. In the modern day and age, they are, because they don't wear the mask and everything else. But back in the day, that was your police officers. That was everybody in authority. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody right. ever took the responsibility to drag them out of office at all. It looked like I'll even go as far as people be mad at this right here. I'll even go, it goes as far as even as recent as when you're talking about Hillary Clinton calling all African-American youth super predators. Like, for somebody in a presidential run or even on that level to um, make a, to brand a people group in the United States with a name like super predators, predators is actually what we call rapists. Um, child, child rapists. Yeah. So to even liken a black face to something like that from the Oval Office, so to speak, right? you're actually worse than the Ku Klux Klan. You have 10 times the power. I mean, because I'm thinking about how are you thinking about me when you made laws, yeah. when you put, when you enforce these things, you're not thinking about me because look how you think about me. Yeah. So you're not making this for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, like that's what we gotta realize. This stuff has not changed. They, these guys just not taking their mask off. And and to say my side, sure. Yeah. I think some of these guys, like when I took a look at the picture again, this is the first time that I felt very sorry for a lot of them. Like, yeah. Regardless of, let's move past the anger. Mm. I felt really sorry for them. Like, yeah. I really felt like, man, they need the gospel. They need Jesus. Like, yeah. Like, they really do. Because yeah. some of them out there, they have no clue what a neo-Nazi is. Yeah. They yeah. just know they hate black people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Or they just know they hate black or brown people. Or they feel like this country is just for, we're going we gonna to take back our country and get what we're supposed to do as being a white male. You know, and I feel like that's probably the main motive that goes into hating other people, but it's self-preservation. Right. Like, yeah. of all things, the number one thing that they feel is encroached upon, that, like, they're losing their rights, their power, their nation to other people, and so that just spews out in hate because they want to preserve themselves and the power that they have. Like, yeah. So I, my question for you is this. Like, <clears throat> do you think that neo-Nazis should have the right to have a rally? I would say that, um, I say they have the right to rally and say whatever they want to say. I mean, going back to your original statement when you were kind of pushing on that, I definitely get your point. I, I, I think because of, I think for them, it goes zero to a thousand, the threat, threat-wise, because of who they've 
because you take a name like Nazis, which for us is, for, for most Americans, is probably one of the most um, vile things you could actually do, so to speak. Um, and, and then for African Americans, you align yourself with, um, you, have, you have David Duke and people like that standing with you, which represent the KKK. Mm-hmm. And so you've picked the two most horrible things that we actually you know, have awareness on. Yeah. And so that middle ground of like, hey, we just want to come and have our voice heard. Sure. It goes out the window really, really quick or whatever. Really you know what does. I'm saying? It goes yeah. out the window really, really quick. But I get your, I get your point where it's like, yeah, you do have First Amendment rights um, and you do have things that we actually should honor and respect. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It, I, don't, I don't see anybody not taking this as an utter threat. And I would think they would be crazy to expect anything else when yeah. they're aligning themselves with Nazi, Nazi swastikas and stuff like on that. In my view, like, the biggest travesty is that the city itself did not step in. Yeah. Like, that to me says more than even neo-Nazis rallying. Like, there's fringe groups everywhere mm. that believe all sorts of crazy things yeah. on all different types of topics. Yeah. But the fact that there was no police there and that they weren't crowd controlling and it got out of hand the night before and then the next day, I mean, that silence. Well, police showed up the next day, not that night, though. Well, I mean, they showed up. Yeah, but, but they didn't. They yeah. didn't control anything. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, y'all seen the videos? People getting beat, people getting fights. But the, it, it's it's a hard thing because I feel like most people, it's very easy to say that if you're a white nationalist, a KKK member, or a neo-Nazi, you're one hundred percent wrong. Well, like, this is what I'll say to answer your question. Should they be able to uh, uh, engage in their f- First Amendment rights? I'll say it's pretty stupid, too. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'll say why. You, you, you're wasting your time because the amendment rights was written for you already. Mm-hmm. See, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Why come and do what you're doing when you're not, you, you have been the oppressor. You are not the oppressed. Mm-hmm. So there's, you're, you're, all you're doing is spewing hate in your freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. You're not freely speaking. See, you could take a, you, people could take a look at, uh, they, could, they could take a look at hip-hop music. And there was a time where N.W.A. was having these problems about speaking. In our, and, you know, they won in the court of law due to. They got first amendment, you know, you got your rights. Okay. We had, we had to create a voice because of the oppression. If that, if we were not oppressed, there wouldn't be no need to have this conversation. Right. And all I'm saying is, is that why come and have a rally? Why come and voice this, these things? We don't even need to. The system is set up for you to win. No, I get that, but this is where I'm going to disagree with you. I think they actually are oppressed because everybody hates neo-Nazis. The problem is the majority <laughs> of those guys that were out there are probably not real neo-Nazis. They well, probably just hate black and brown people. I mean, it's an interesting thing. I don't know. Like, I guarantee you, like, I guarantee you that. <laughs> all right, so, all right, hold on. So, so this, is, this is a slippery slope. One, oh, you can say it. Well, well, so one of the things I'm thinking about is, like, where does hate speech come into play in this conversation? Where they, where they cross a line of stepping into hate speech, right? Yeah. But let's just think about the America we live in, right? Mm-hmm. Where... it's become a common occurrence for African-American men to get shot down um, with a lot of gray details because they moved the wrong way or whatever the case may be. Um, This guy told me he had a gun in his pocket or whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. right? We saw the one guy at the gas station. The officer said, hey, you know, lift up your hands, get out the car, and then start shooting them up. I'm sorry. I thought you. People hate black people in this country. People don't like when somebody makes a statement like that. That is my conclusion as I walk around as a black man. I don't know who has more credibility than me as a black man to tell you that, but it is what it is. 
what we're watching is us seeing the face of what that looks like. And you're right, it looks like regular everyday people. It's just the, these are the simple things we see in it. Yeah. The details that is not a surprise to us. We've always we already knew that's what it was, right? Personally, but my thing is this right here. When we think about who are my guys, the you know the uh the farmer cats over in the Midwest that had the standoff? Oh, up in uh that was in Washington State. Yo. How in no, the world Montana. do you yeah. tell occupy land and then tell the government like, yo, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, and you get with your homies, loaded to a T with guns, and then there's a standoff. And we I, I don't even know if any of them even went to jail. I don't know. I don't think anybody, like, if you want to talk about white privilege and power to the max, like, I, I can't fathom anything like that in my wildest dreams where I'm, like, telling the government, like, yo, homie, this our land. We don't like the laws you come in with. You run up on us. Me and my people are strapped, and we're prepared to do whatever needs to happen. I just, I just and, and, don't and, see us being able to do No, that doesn't, like. that doesn't happen, bro. Go, go and stand in front of the gas station for too long and then not feel comfortable that you're there. And then try to resist. They'll they'll beat you into a puddle of grape juice out here, right? So the balance is completely it's off. It's off. It's way off. And it's so obvious that it's off. Mm -hmm. And we have to live in it and then keep saying that it's off. And then suffer the disdain of not having our words regarded as being real, as if we're crazy. Yeah. Or yeah. if our opinion is little and very small. This, and here's the thing. This is coming to our city. These boys are coming to our city. You want me to tell you how? Well, they're definitely trying to go to Gainesville. They're going to Gainesville. They're going to Gainesville but they're coming to Jacksonville. Because uh, Anna Brochet, our city council, lead city council person, just made an announcement that she wants all the Confederate monuments removed, right? And from the, a, from the public square. Yep. There's a viral social media movement now. Yeah. Hashtag take them down, Jacks. Yep. And, and put them into their historical context. So people, it, it is a part of our history. It shouldn't be completely removed, but it should be removed from being celebrated in the public square. Absolutely. Because it is a skid mark on our history. Nevertheless, it's our history, and we don't never need to forget it. Um, that's not a play on if you have a skid mark in your drawers, you shouldn't clean them. You should. <laughs> but we should, should. It, we, should, we should definitely have it. To show how far we've come. Most definitely. You know, but we, we, we negate how far we come when we have them up in public square celebrating them. History yeah. shows us and teaches us to learn from our mistakes. Most yes. definitely. That's why we can't erase history. Absolutely. Most definitely. Because we're bound to repeat it. Absolutely. So it has to be there. You know, it's going to be interesting to me because Miss Roche seems like she's pretty adamant about what she feels. This is a really courageous call um, I'm wondering, you know, because I serve and mentor the EVAC crew at Lee High School, and, you know, we've been in the media lately with some things we've been going through with all that, but I wonder, I've always felt funny. Like, I just was coming out of my school, and I saw, you know, a coach or somebody rocking the Lee, um, you know what I'm saying, logo on their shirt or whatever, and, man, there's like a, a, well, just wearing the school logo. Oh, yeah. And then I see the kids all the time. And in my mind, like, there's so much pride for that school. People love that school. I love that school. The alumni loves that school. Um, but I'm just like, yo, the school is predominantly black. And we got Robert E. Lee as our logo. And ask them why they called the generals. The let's generals. Look, let's look up the history of Robert E. Lee and why the school was named the generals. Let's look it up. All we got to do is look it up, and we'll find something that is absolutely wrong with that. You, you, you don't do that if you esteem other people. Like, that's what I'm talking about, the belittling and the lack of esteem and the lack of dignity for other humans. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. I'm not, I'm not taking a bunch of white people and say, hey, come into my school um, it's called Honky Land School or something like that. That would be equate to hatred in some senses. Like it would, it would literally have a. It would, it would, I, I, it would be utterly wrong. Where you go to? Uh, Black Panther. Black Panther High. 
I go to Black Panther. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you go to Black Panther? Huh? Oh, okay. And your mascot is Kango Hat with shades. Like, come on now. I'm being, I'm being over the top. No, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. And I think the, the thing is, it's like today, if that was to happen, that'd be insane. I kind of understand just historically where they were when they named it. And it's not right by any means. But the question is, when do you change it? Yes, when that is the question. It? You change it ASAP. That is the question. You, you change it ASAP. But here's the thing. If they even start pushing on changing, it's going to be a war. Same oh, yeah. thing like what we saw with force, right? Yep. You have people who are willing to go to war, like neo-Nazis. They would never claim to be neo-Nazis. And this is what I'm talking about, that gray area where we're not neo-Nazis. We condemn all of that. We got to get to your comment, whatever, on Facebook too, shirt. We could dim all of that, but you better not change this name. You better not change the name of the school from a person who committed racial crimes um, or did hate crimes or just did atrocity of killings. Don't change the name. And but I'm, I'm not a neo-Nazi, though. But I'm going to ask you all a hypothetical question. Well, hit, let me say this me. before you go, go there. And I, I want somebody on the next show... If you're out there live, if you're listening on the radio, I mean, I want anybody, anybody that's from the white persuasion, okay, to tell me why you feel like that is such a problem if the name is changed. Why, why, why is that such an attack on who you are or your identity as a race? Just call in. Call me up. Send me an email. I have a few guys. He, he just that looked at I you, sir. On the show. You got to bring them. I got a few guys. that You got to bring them. They are Southern Pride guys. Yeah. I just need to convince them to come on the show. Yo, we yes. need to have them on the show. And nothing's wrong with Southern Pride, bro. I'm it's from North wrong. New Jersey. I love the South. Nothing wrong with Southern Pride, But there's man. certain stuff that we and, should. But what that, do you love about the South? You know, I mean, that's the question. I, I, look, I even love the country good old boys here. If they're, well, yeah. if, if they're loving, you know what I'm saying? Like, but... The whole thing of our, her our, our heritage is enriched by our Confederate legacy, that becomes, that gets to the point where it becomes oppressive and disrespectful to me as a human. Like, I, like, even if you celebrate, even if you are intrigued by the historical narrative, um, there is hatred in that. Like, if we're going to be blatant and be real about it, there's hatred um, that is in that whole thing or whatever. And so we, it is, it's, it, it, I have to become less of a human for somebody to be able to celebrate that. Like yeah. they, they, there's, there's no way to actually make the trade off where I don't become less of a human in, in the middle of it. You're right. So let me ask this hypothetical question. So we take down, or we, we plan to take down these monuments. Our boys come to town. Yeah. Have a rally. Yeah. Unite to fight or unite to rally. I forget what it's called. Yeah. What will you do? I'm going to be in the street. <clears throat> Doing what? I'm going to be chilling until I feel like they're about to hurt somebody. Mm. Then we're we, we, we going to pray and we're going to let the Lord do, go from there. But I'm going to be in the streets. I'm going to be praying before they get there. And then my first thing would be actually to rally our church to get out there and actually pray. Absolutely. But also be ready to... Um, be ready to suffer for the sake of defending people if that's it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not talking all-out battle. We're about to go crush some heads. I'm saying we might get our head crushed to stand in front of uh, women and children getting yeah. hurt. Because when somebody's willing to run a car yeah. into people. That's a drastic. Like, that's just yeah. extreme to the max. And we got to be willing and, man, this is easier said than done, but I'm, like, on some prayer-type stuff. Like, if they come, let's get in the city and pray. I ain't going down there to fight. Number one, I'm too old. Yo, here, you know here, here's the thing. And, really, before that, we really be it, it would be dope to actually go out there with water form. And, actually, because, Phil, I, I felt the same way you said. When I looked at the picture and I looked at these guys. I felt sorry, man. I, I felt sorry for them because they, they felt, like, hurt lost young boys. Yes. Like, when I was looking at them, I was like, dag, man. I'm like, bro, like, God got so much more for you than this. And, 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 and here's the thing. The travesty is we always look at the end result. We don't, we don't take the time to ask the questions. All of these guys that are standing there holding these joints, they got stories. 
Mm-hmm. They got stories. They have a they have a narrative that led them to that moment um, where they are standing there, um, and they're and they're in pain. And you could tell, man, that they are. You could tell that these are young guys that have no clue, man. Like clueless. So so it was it was it would be crazy for me to just be like, I want to go and attack or kill or harm one of them because I just saw that they they lost. Like they really are in need. Of they lost in the sauce. They real. lost in the like they are man. They they are in need of like him, Jesus and him crucified. Like they need to hear the story of redemption mm-hmm. to for them to understand that man. Listen, this is this. You don't have to be this way. And I sit down with any one of those guys, man. Now, like I, like I just expressed to y'all a couple of days ago, and I'm gonna say it. Here, you know what I mean? Because I, I do feel this way. I, me personally, I'm going to fall back from socially, social media wise, giving my two cents and just really be proactive in action. You know, just be proactive in, in, in actually doing something yeah. versus putting something out, out on social media. Because number one, I have a platform. I have people that follow, respect me, like my music, like mm-hmm. all the above. And the last thing I want to do is just approach something like this so nonchalant or just come out the mouth all willy-nilly, country, yeah. country grammar, come out all crazy and just say something that all it does is help fire up somebody else to yeah. be angry, to yeah. have more hatred. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I can also see that it's having its own effect on me. Mm-hmm. I have a son. I have a daughter. I yeah. have to take the time and say, you know what? For the sake of my kids, for the sake of the Christian man that I am, I have to take a cause for Christ and him crucified and say, hey, you know, I'm going to raise that banner before I raise the black banner. I am who I am. You see what I'm saying? I can't take away from me being a black man. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I am going to, as much as I put emphasis um, on... My blackness, I have to put emphasis on who I serve. Yeah. And that's, he's the ultimate one. Um, you know, you know um, I, think, I, I think it's well said, Phil. Like, one of the things, too, is I think people forget what this is like for African Americans watching this. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, this is a, a, I think a part of our numbing down is that. We, we discuss it sometimes like it's just news. Yeah. But it's really horrifying. Yeah. Because in, because of we experience so much hatred on a daily basis, like most people don't have to live in the reality of like this thing that's always there. It may be in conversations or like it may be in just people's carelessness for you. Just right. like the way they, it could be you walking through the grocery store and the way people look at you a certain way. And sometimes you're wrong in your assumption, yep. but a lot of times you're right because we've been living with it since we were kids. Or my kids already see it really well. I have to protect their hearts from becoming racist because of the things that are being said to them on the play- playground, um, the stuff that they're learning from their teachers, yep. everything. I have to shepherd their hearts so it doesn't create this lifelong disdain that will be so hard to undo, right? So it's a real reality. But... You know, I told this story, whatever, um, in church on Sunday about this young lady by the name of Maculay Ilabagazia or Ilabagiza. Um, um, and some people might have actually um, heard of her before, but she was in the Rwandan genocide. Um, I heard her story several years ago, but I just had a chance to hear her speak at the uh, summit we were at, Phil. And, um, and so one of the things she talks about was she was saying during the Rwandan um, conflict, the, the genocide where over a million people lost their life. She said that her family, they knew these people were coming for them. They sent her to a neighbor's house. She was the youngest in the family. Um, and she hid in the neighbor's uh, bathroom with eight, with I think it's eight people total for, I think, three months, three to four no, months, it was something like that. Like. Well, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, like eight to 12. I thought said. it was some, did she, is that it how was, it was like some crazy numbers, like 12. Yeah. It started this, off at like eight. Yeah, yeah, something crazy. For months. For months. And so she was in this bathroom for months, couldn't speak, couldn't make a sound. Search party coming to the house, 300 people outside, um, all of this stuff. When she finally got out, she uh, 
all her grandmother, whole family, father, mother, everybody killed. But one of the things that I caught in her story was she said she said that the tensions between the two tribes were being fueled by the politicians. And she said that there were even radio stations that came out and these people would be like, kill these people. You know, we need to kill these people and Mm -hmm. these people are nothing. And it was basically it was for them. It was the two tribes or whatever. Um, And for us, it's like black and white in America. So just imagine this as I'm talking to two tribes Mm -hmm. to give you a a scenario where I'm going. And so she said when they would hear this, she said they all live, you know, together in the same, you know, country and everything. And, and, And for the most part, there was no conflict of murder in that sense. There wasn't a genocide happening. Right. Um, she said they kind of dismissed these people like they're crazy. They're just drunk. That was the term she used. These people are just drunk and out of their mind. She never in her life thought that the day would hit when they would start slaughtering and murdering their neighbors, co-workers, hmm. friends, family, everybody in the street like dogs. A million people. Matter of fact, I actually was in a um, residency, one of the trips I went to with a, a young man who's a pastor from there. <coughs> this guy told me, he said during the genocide, he said, the, the the city would be black all day long, like that, like it'd be dark. And, and and he said it was because there were so many bodies on the ground. He said it was like vultures came from all over the earth. He said you couldn't even see the sun. Oh my! It's like God. it was dark outside all day. If if that gives you an idea, so it's literally like imagine Jacksonville, if all blacks turned against whites, or if all whites turned against blacks and just started slaughtering people in the workplace. At homes, everything. But I've always thought this. I've always, you know, thought about making sure I, uh, I, 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 I stocked up on arms because if this day ever hit. And when I heard her story, it made the anxiety that much realer because it's like. What in the world? Like was, this, like this. That was that, yeah, that, that was an eye opener for me. Like, man. yeah. We don't think that's ever going to happen. It happened. It happened. You know, so there's a level of anxiety like watching this stuff. It's not just news. And, and African-Americans are not in a safe place for this type of stuff at all. Like if, if, a, if a swell of thinking and lawlessness like this inflates itself and gets, you know, pregnant and grows and grows and grows, this may very much mean things that, you know, are, are horrible that we all pray cannot possibly be true. But it's clear that we haven't advanced past this as a society, and you don't without the love of God in your heart. This is what godlessness brings you to. No, I mean, hate begets hate. Most like, definitely. And it just will only continue to rise. Yeah. So um, it's a hard thing to think about, but because the question I have a lot is, well, what is the right response? You know, what, as Christians, what should we do? As humans, what should we do? Because I see a lot on the postings where it's like vile hatred towards these neo-Nazis. And for good reason, right? But the problem is that only begets more hate from the other side when it backlashes back. And you can see a dividing line happening. Like yeah. people who don't support neo-Nazi ideology see the people hating them so much as like these like hateful, liberal, democratic, whatever people. And it just, because to me, I actually think the line is Republican-Democrat is the two tribes mm-hmm. that seem to keep getting further and further and further apart. Yeah. And more hated towards the other. Yeah. And we saw that in the last election cycle. Yeah. It was the most like vile... Like, just non-united front of an election in a long, long time. And, yeah, I don't know. Because, let's just say responses. So, like, the way I saw people responding, white people were on social media being like, hey, this is now the time. you got to voice that you're against this on social media. And, you know, we've been quiet for too long. you got to voice that you're against all racism. And to Phil's point, it's like, I don't know if 
Facebook's the place to do that. No. Reason being, a lot of people feel like when you post something on Facebook, you've done your part. Yeah. And That's really, it. you've done nothing. That's no. it. Yeah. You've done nothing. You've done not one thing. And for so many people who have so many opinions yeah. that they share there, how many people have they shared that with in person who has the opposite opinion of them? Yep. And I mean, I, and it's just like we were talking about yesterday, shirt, like all these leaders and pastors and different people coming out denouncing it. You know, like I'm seeing all these viral videos of prominent pastors in the country. And I'm just like, you ain't doing like, okay. We we've been new we've been new this and nothing against them because I enjoy them I like like but it's like you denouncing racism. It's okay. almost sad that you have to do that now. Yeah, yeah. Like now you're doing that. It feels it feels cheap, and some people listening to us won't understand that they don't they won't understand why we say that, um, and it feels super cheap because this this. Their churches are the gray area. Mm-hmm. You you have African Americans who are in some of these churches, and they're like, "Hey, we're diverse," but the African Americans have no voice in it. Matter mm-hmm. of fact, they have no room to disagree with any type of political preference that the church has. You know, put it, put a fork in the ground is what is righteousness, and if you open up your mouth against it, then you're through. Um, yeah, you can get diversity when you have people who vote on the political scale very well. But now that we have all these racial tensions coming out, we're watching it in the Christian, um, you know, circle, so to speak, where there is a lot of fallout because it is really um, people's hearts are being exposed. Some people that we actually esteem because of their theology, we're like, you're actually blatantly racist, overtly racist. Yep. You're actually extremely ignorant or and some of you actually know don't care and aren't willing to risk your reputation. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna get and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna get catch flag again. And then you got some of my super super Calvin Calvins that just like hey, and I ain't just gonna say super Calvin, but the ones I these are the only ones I seem to run into Calvinist thinking mindset guys that think hey we're all sinful, so you know hey we kind of we kind of settled there. Yeah, we just settled there. It's all, you know, but we're suffering. Yeah. And, and then the charismatic is like, I don't see color. Yeah. So we have all these little crazy, <laughs> like, and it's just like, yeah, I know people going to bust shots at us, but it, it look, and it, and it goes back and forth. It goes in the black church too. This takes effort to do, have reconciliation. It, it, it's hard, it, but it's what the gospel calls us into. Yeah. It calls us to use well, the tools like forgiveness and mercy and long suffering. And even, that's yeah. the real, that's the, that's, I'm learning. That's the war. That's the war. Forgiveness. The, that's Mercy. the war. This other stuff is the Grace. cheap way out. The yes. world wages war against each other. The church wages war for each other. Like yes. that's that's the difference. That's it should great, be the difference. Great way yes. to say it. But that's not the case. Boy, that's a tattoo. That is a tattoo. That's a great way to say it. And I guess, say it again, Shark. One more time. It's beautiful. <laughs> It good place. I don't think we should put it where you put your hand at, but yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> well, just thinking, hearing y'all talk, it it seems so true. It's like there's only one outcome that uh, is going to come from this from the world. It's yeah. going to be a war because it's going to keep hating back and forth, and it's different ideologies saying I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong, and then it just blows up, and that's the curse of sin is that we esteem ourselves as higher than others and don't see ourselves in others. So, yeah, the world will wage war against each other, but as Christians, when we're redeemed and know that we deserve punishment, wrath, death for our sins against the Holy God, and then it's forgiven yeah. or accepted, yeah. well, then all of our efforts go towards giving that gift to other people and hopefully that they get to experience the same thing and then easily seeing ourselves in even these white nationalist people who are just basically saying like, I don't want to be encroached upon because I want to feel in power and all this stuff. And it's like, well, most of my life and still I want to feel in power. And, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard concept. You know, like I'm not a, a white nationalist. I don't approve of the party of neo-Nazis. But in the human condition, they're just more extreme and somewhat more honest in how they're feeling. And until we can see 
each other in our sins, you know, the war will continue raging. You know, so thank you for that, sir. Let me, let me, I, I want to, how, how much longer we got? Mm, let me check this. Uh, about five minutes. I, I want to drive through this really quick. I want to jump on this text really fast. This is 2 Corinthians 11. You know, I think if there's anything to be said from what we're talking about is that people have to come out of the gray area. Thank you for people who come in to denounce racism in light of Charlottesville and everything else. Um, that's great. It's a great beginning. But the real, the real deal is getting out of the gray area on a daily basis. Um, and bringing it back to what you said, Phil, these boys are... These are not backwood, whatever stuff, whatever little stereotypical deal we want to paint of what we think country races look like. That's not it. This is hipsters. This is um, look like youth pastors all day long or whatever. I I guarantee you, I would bet this is not a real statistic, but I would bet you that over 70 percent of those guys with them claim to be Christians. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. My man Stan just said that on shout out to Stan from Reckless Abandonment. He said some of them believe that they are Christians. They are actually Christians. And so this is the point I want to drive home to believers. Because, Shirk, you said it. The world fights and they go to war. The church fights for each other, right? We fight for each other. Um, I didn't say it as cool as you did. And shout out, Stan. But there's a need to clarify who's who. There's There's a need to get rid of the gray area, right? Frederick Douglass says this right here. He says, uh, I mean strictly to, oh, excuse me. He says, I deem it proper to pin the following brief explanation. What I've said respecting and against religion, I mean strictly to apply to the slaveholding religion of this land and with no possible reference to Christianity proper. Listen up. For between the Christianity of this land and the Christianity of Christ, I recognize the widest possible difference so wide that to receive the one as good, pure and holy is of necessity to reject the other as bad, corrupt and wicked. To be the friend of the one is of necessity to be the enemy of the other. Then he says, I love the pure, peaceable and impartial Christianity of Christ. I therefore hate the corrupt slave-holding, women-whipping, cradle-plundering, partial, and hypocritical Christianity of this land. I say that to let you know that these neo-Nazis or whatever are playing suckers or whatever, they're not Christians, and we need to have a problem with them saying that. Um, governor Terry McAuliffe or whatever, who's the governor of Charlottesville, he said, you pretend you are patriots. You are anything but a patriot. People are putting their life in danger around the globe. They are patriots. You are not. There's a need to take the gray area out. Homie, y'all are not patriots. This is not noble what y'all are doing. And then, last and definitely not least, we see Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, right? And he is running, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. He says in verse 2 or whatever, he says, For I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. He's talking about the church in Corinth, the Corinthians. He says, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. What is he talking about? He says, for if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaim, or if we were, or if you receive a different spirit than the one you receive, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Indeed, I consider that I'm not in the least inferior to these super apostles. So point being here is this right here. Paul is experiencing this anxiety because the pure gospel is being tainted, right? With this off type stuff. Neo-Nazi stuff is 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 creeping into it. Um black power stuff is is uh, is is creeping into it, right? All type of stuff is creeping into it. Jesus is not really the son of God type of stuff is creeping into it. Hebrew and Paul, he, yeah, Hebrew Israelites, all type of stuff or whatever. It's undermining Christ. And he's having a problem with the gray area, right? Goes on to say this. In verse 12, he says this right here. He says, and what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. 
what Paul is saying and what I'm saying to the church and what I'm saying to believers is that we must work to undermine people who hijack the name of Christianity and put stuff like neo-Nazi on the type, top of it, white superiority, black superiority on the top of it. We need to work to undermine it. And guess what? It's costly right because the super apostles he's talking about they got all the accolades and they look glossy and flossy and they're able to pull the people away paul got 39 lashes five times he has scars all over his body because he wouldn't stand for it he said i was too weak to sit and let people devour my people and take the gospel and twist it and turn it into nothing so what i'm saying is it's time for us to stop being weak christians and, and excuse me strong christians playing the game but be weak in the fact that you won't tolerate people muddying up the truth of the gospel take your licks get spit on do whatever you got to do to see the glory of god go forth um and I think we're going to call it a day with that. This is the Bill Radio Show, 103.7, 1320 AM. I'm in the presence of gangsters over here, Christian gangsters. Who's with me? What are we doing here? We out, yo. Peace.